For tuning in today, everyone. It is the last episode of the first season of the Still Small Voice podcast. I won't be gone long, but I am taking a month or so off to visit family, do some fun things with my family, and honestly, just really spend some intentional time diving into all of the things that the Lord is asking of me in this next season. Of life, So I plan to share some of that with you today in the podcast, but I did want to start by just thanking you guys for listening. I've honestly been so shocked and humbled at how many people have listened to me, who have sent me messages, just encouraging me and cheering me on. I've been extremely blessed by the messages that some of you have sent me being vulnerable about your stories related to some of the topics that we're dealing with. And that's really the point of this podcast. That's the heart behind it. I spent a really long time in life hiding and not being vulnerable with other people and quite honestly just hiding in my own stuff rather than dealing with things head on. And I want to be a vessel through which God's still small voice can reach those of you who maybe are at a point like I was, who want to grow and be everything that God wants you to be. But, you know, you have to hash out all of the uncomfortable things to move forward. And I'm not afraid of any topic. I know that I've promised you guys that the Sex for Men, the Sex for Dudes podcast was coming, but I'm really trying to honor those that I feel like the Lord has asked for me to have on the podcast to discuss this subject because they're busy people and they have a lot going on in their lives. So I promise I will get to these topics. Please continue to Send me messages and suggestions. I love hearing them and I absolutely will get to the topics. So don't give up on me. Hang in there. When I considered how I wanted to end the season, I truly wanted to offer some sort of encouragement because I know that the reality is that some of these topics that I've tackled, especially in the last two weeks for worship leaders, have been challenging And maybe have even challenged some of the mindsets that you've been in. I have recently been preparing for some things that are coming up. I'm speaking at All People's Church a few weeks um, toward the end of the summer. I'm also preparing a conference for young women, which I'm going to tell you more about at at the end of the podcast. But... As I've been preparing for these things and really diving in and spending time with the Lord, I keep hearing the Lord telling me to speak from my heart. And I realize that when we draw close to the Lord and pursue relationship with the Lord and commit to transforming our lives to look like the Lord, that the desires of our hearts actually reflect the Lord's desires for us. So... What is on my heart right now is that I want to encourage each and every one of you 
to be uncompromising in who God says that you are, who God says that you're to be, and that who you represent, which is Christ, is always on display. And truly, this is a part of the testimony of how this podcast even really came about and part of the testimony of what God is actually asking me to do next. In September of 2020, I was actually in a pretty bad place, to be perfectly honest. I felt the Lord specifically asking for me to stay in my lane and steward what was in front of me. And that call came with instructions for me to disciple the young women that were in my vocal studio. In case some of you don't know, or maybe you're listening for the first time, I am actually a voice professor. And I do believe that over the last several years, things in my studio in a lot of respects have kind of started to run like a well-oiled machine. My students are completely killing it. I mean, guys, I have the best students in the world. They are amazing. They're killing it at the singing game. But I realized that somewhere along the, along the line, as I was working on this, building this machine, as the machine was rolling along, the whole point of why I do what I do, the whole point of, what, of why the Lord has called me to do what I do kind of got left behind. And there's a lot of reasons for that, of course, and, and I'm not going to go into that, but I did become convicted that while, of course, it is my actual job that I get paid to do to make them the best singers and musicians they can be, considering I work at a Christian university and am a Christian musician myself, it is my greatest responsibility to disciple these students in such a way that they can be uncompromising to the world. Because Samantha was not uncompromising until about 10 years ago. That might shock some of you, especially considering how outspoken I am now, but it's really the truth. So I began to meet with these girls, whoever wanted to, whoever could come. I, I sent it out to my whole entire studio, knowing that this was not going to be some of these girls thing that they were, they were, you know, they've got, they've got other communities that they were involved in, that they might think that this was lame. I was not ashamed to invite everyone because God told me to. And I knew that God would send the girls that were supposed to be there and that he would continue to work on the hearts of the girls that were supposed to come and not coming by me just being obedient and inviting. So they would come, the ones who, who wanted to come, would come like once or twice a month and what would happen at these meetings was just really beautiful. The word was read, discussed, pondered. Girls came in confessing, completely burdened with things, but feeling safe enough to share their stories, their struggles, their pain. We laid hands on each other. We cried together. We shared together, but all in the presence of God. And I think my favorite part about these nights was really just the bond that was created. I'm a little emotional right now even talking about it because these girls trusted each other and they also trusted me. And it was just such an honor to get to know them. And I was able to walk with these girls musically, but also spiritually. And through that bond, 
I just saw some astronomical growth in some of them on literally all levels. And this safe space was something that I never had. And I was able to gift this to them through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it was just so beautiful. But as I began to meet with them, I began to see that the church in America is so deep in compromise that we don't even realize that we're compromising anymore. A spiritual mother in the faith told me the other evening on the phone, because I, I when you have people in your life that are uncompromising, who love you, who support you, it's just the right thing to do. It's an honoring thing to do to just update them and be like, hey, here's what I'm getting from the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and be obedient with this. I would appreciate your prayers or any discernment that you have on that. You know, but it's, it's just wise to do that. And so I sent her this message and was just like, hey, this is what, what, I, what I'm doing. This is, this is what I feel like the Lord is leading me into. She's a super busy woman um, of God pastor she's got three beautiful girls lots of grandchildren and she's in the middle of just serving her family in such great ways right now so I didn't want to burden her but I just wanted to inform her you know and she called me and we started this discussion and she said that she many years ago she read a dissertation that was written by a graduate student at a well-known American seminary And it stated that the church has entertained this younger, young adult age group rather than than discipled them. And now this is just what this group expects from the church. If this were 20, 30 years ago that this dissertation was written, I I don't know, but I just know it was quite a while ago. How much more of a reality is it today the truth is that there are many young adults this 18 to 30 year old range of people out there who have a lot to offer there are many of you listening who are 18 to 30 years old who have gifts within you that the Lord has ordained you to use to be a part of advancing the kingdom here on earth and to bring glory to his name but you need for people to walk beside you. So that means that the 30 to 80-year-olds are challenged, ordained to raise up sons and daughters in the faith to walk out their destinies. Entertainment and discipleship often have two different goals. Entertainment is often about quantity. Let's get people in the door with a feel-good message, let's get numbers, we need the numbers, we need money, we're going to get all this by having programs and events, and sometimes there's nothing wrong with that because you have to build something to get people in the door to hear the gospel message. I'm not, I don't want to place judgment on that situation, but if that's all you're doing and you never go to a deeper place, then you're, you're missing the point because discipleship, as we've talked about before, is about quality. So let's shepherd these people who come in. Let's teach them well. Let's lead them well. Let's serve them and let's equip them and make room for them. Let's send them. Let's empower them. Let's impart to them. Entertainment keeps people in, but discipleship is about sending people out. An entertainment mindset leads to compromise. 
because it is often connected with fear of man, which we know often leads to performance, which we won't discuss again because I've already done that. But real Christ-centered discipleship, what that does is it demonstrates an uncompromising lifestyle. So what does it look like to compromise? It means to basically accept standards lower than that which is desirable or that which is preferred. Compromising in certain aspects of life is not always bad, right? (laughs) Sometimes it means you're giving deferential treatment to or honoring those you're in relationship with. It's not always a bad thing, obviously. But compromising does always lead to a bad thing when it's in relationship to your faith in Jesus Christ and for standing on the word of God, the truth of the word of God. You can compromise when it comes to where you're going to eat dinner. (laughs) We run into that a lot at my house. Um, But generally, it's not even compromise because you guys know this, probably even if it's just you young people with your friends. It's like, where do you want to eat? Oh, I don't care. And then they're like, well, I don't care. The other person's like, I don't care. And it's just this, like, you're, you're all trying to be deferential to each other. And then all of a sudden it becomes like, well, shoot, where are we going to eat dinner? Anyway, so you can compromise where you want to eat dinner. My husband has to compromise with me a lot. This is just a total side story because it's not that I don't like Chinese, but I generally don't like the way it feels, so I generally avoid eating it at all costs. And he loves Chinese, and so that is part of his compromise in our in our marriage. But listen, all that aside, you should never compromise when it comes to the gospel. And we're warned about this on numerous occasions in the Bible. There's so much scriptural support for this that I literally do not have enough time in this podcast to read it to you today. But there are so many people still doing it. This area is deep, my friends, because we say we are uncompromising. But if we truly actually look at the way we live our lives, we might find these little areas in which we are actually compromising. And those areas may be the exact areas that are not only compromising the testimony of Jesus in our lives, but because of the worldliness of of maybe the fleshly actions associated with that. But they could also be the very things that are inhibiting us from living an abundant life. Uh, The verse in Psalm 119, it says, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the Lord's instructions, Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all of their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You are charged, you have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Notice that that verse starts with joyful are the people of integrity who don't compromise with evil. Compromising the gospel and the written word not only negatively impacts your testimony to the world, but it also negatively impacts your relationship with Christ. It negatively impacts the value that you see in who God made you to be. 
some of us are compromising in the areas of health. Some of us are compromising in the area of substance abuse. Some of us are compromising in interpretation of scripture to rationalize behavior that might be in a gray area, for example, or that might just be flat out sin and immoral. Some of us are compromising by cheapening grace, by living in unrepentant actions. Some of us are compromising by avoiding standing for what is right because of how it might hurt other people's feelings for fear of being accused of being unloving or religious or judgmental. Some of us are compromising by not being obedient in the things that we're being called to do for whatever reason. Some of us are compromising by forming our own morals and beliefs based off of what we see on social media, what we see from famous people, what we have our friends telling us is right, rather than actually opening the word of God and seeing for yourself what is right. Some of us are compromising by not holding our brothers and sisters that we are in community with accountable and letting him or her sit in their issues because we've let the world tell us that love is making everyone feel good about themselves all of the time and letting them do whatever they want to do at the cost of allowing them to slip further and further into self-destructing tendencies. That's what the world tells us. And look, I could go on and go on, but the basic gist is that when we compromise, we're cheapening the gospel, we're misrepresenting Christ, and the power of our testimony is lost. Eventually, my friends, compromise changes you and actually conforms you and leads you into chaos. And the funny thing about compromise is that it's appealing because it disguises itself as peace. If I compromise, it's going to bring peace. I'm not going to be at odds with this person. I'm not going to put myself in this uncomfortable situation. So it's disguising itself as peace. But being peace at the world with the world is not being peace, being at peace in the spirit. It actually opens the door to confusion, to darkness, and worst of all, separation from God. So I confess to you that this is hard. It, it, it's, it's just hard. And I found this to be hard in so many different areas of my life. And there are many people who have come and gone from my life. Even family members, close friends who see things differently that, than I do. And relationships were severed and most of the time that was not my choice there were times in my life where I did compromise I I I saw this on social media not long ago where somebody I mean it was a joke I don't want to they actually posted this scripture as a joke I knew that they were not like meaning anything super literal about it but There was a time when I took the judge not lest you be judged scripture to mean something that it wasn't supposed to mean. And I do believe that there are still a lot of people doing that. Judge not lest you be judged does not mean that we abandon all other scriptures and all other doctrine to not offend people. My goodness. It doesn't mean that we can't make an assessment 
on whether someone's lifestyle or choices are right or wrong according to scripture because that's fruit. Abandoning the truth to appease or make someone feel loved and using this scripture to support that is 100% misinterpretation. And you're also cheapening the love of Christ because you, you just basically said that many of the sermons he preached, the lessons he taught, and the many instances in scripture from the founding apostles of the church of Christ are false. But look, guys, I did this. I love people. I have so many people in my life who I just loved so much that I didn't want to lose them. I didn't want them to think that I was this bad person you know, and unsupportive and didn't love them because my personal moral standards I, I, I were different than theirs. So I compromised. I twisted scripture even though I knew, I knew it was wrong. Uh, I, I twisted words uh, all due to the fear of man in me that pulled me away from pleasing God but instead propelled me toward pleasing man because I valued man more than I valued God. Part of the problem, though, is this is the reality of the world that we live in. If we are not in 100% complete agreement with each other, we are accused of judging and not loving. Peter tells us that it's possible to do this, people. Peter, he says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. This verse in 1 Peter is explaining to us how to love people who are questioning your standards of holiness with gentleness and respect. That doesn't mean don't do it. That doesn't mean don't preach it from your pulpit. That doesn't mean don't say it. it. He says, be prepared to make defense. In other words, be prepared to not compromise. He is saying this because even though this was obviously a super long time ago, he understands the realities of the world that even he lived in. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but things are not much different. In fact, they're probably worse. If you stand by the whole gospel, if you stand by the whole wor word in its entirety and uncompromisingly represent that in your words and actions to in public and in private, you will be accused of being unloving. And many people will even accuse you of operating in the spirit of religion. Let me repeat that. By being uncompromising, and being obedient to what the word of God says, you are ironically accused of not adhering to the word of God because it isn't loving if you follow the word of God. <laughs> I know that that sentence does not make any sense. Believe me, it doesn't. But that's the reality of the situation. Isn't it funny how the enemy is now using his own demonic influence, the spirit of religion, which by the way is demonic, to accuse and attack the Christian lifestyle 
of holiness that we are called to, to pin Christians against each other, even in the evangelical community. Let that sink in for a minute. This is what happens to me. This is what will happen to you. And this is what happens to many others that I have seen in my life when we make the decision to not compromise. And look, this is a very, very, very low level of persecution that will only get worse. The moment I stopped compromising was the moment I truly began to die to myself. And those people who I at one time basically enabled through my compromise, by the way, we are held accountable for that kind of stuff, just so you know. My relationships with them began to fade. Silent treatment, gossip, slander, you name it. Obviously, it doesn't have to be this way. Obviously, I didn't want it to be that way. But this is oftentimes the way it ends because people get hurt, people get offended, and they like to stay in their offense because they like to continue to live the way that they want to live. And I've not always responded well to this sort of thing, but it is something that I've had to learn. I have taken offense at their offense. (laughs) However, the realization that following Christ with my whole heart, according to scripture, was an invitation for me to die to my flesh. And when you die to your flesh, you become alive in the spirit. And as you become alive in the spirit, compromise fades in your life. And that means, unfortunately, you lose people and you have to choose not to be offended, but you have to remain steadfast. Your relationships with people will fade, but your relationship with your father is everlasting. So I know that I have not followed through with what I said at the beginning of the podcast, which is that I wanted to encourage you. It is coming. But before I get to that, because the Lord has told me that I need to speak from my heart, I want to mention something. One of the pits that I pretty much fell into a lot pretty early in my life, even as a child, was comparison. And comparison leads to compromise. Many times over the last several years, I've felt the Lord showing me this happening to people. I feel like the Lord has shown me it happening to kids, to teenagers, to young adults, to to even fully grown adults. He has actually showed me it happening to my own child about a year and a half ago. In my own situation, I never felt pretty enough. I had extremely crooked Dracula teeth when I was young. I, I never felt cool enough. I loved sports, but I was never quite as good at them as my friends were. And I wanted to fit in. I desperately wanted friends. I really wanted to be accepted. So I changed my style often. I changed my hair. I remember this one time that I went through this phase where I wore these ridiculously baggy athletic shorts and baggy Nike shirts because there were these two girls that I wanted to to look like them and be like them because I wanted to be their friend. I wanted them to accept me. 
And guys, I looked so stupid. And I always felt stupid wearing them. Like I I didn't feel like myself at all. I knew it wasn't me, but I instead chose to do that because I desperately wanted to be taken seriously and be thought of at all. Like I wanted to just be in these girls' lives because I thought they were cool, I guess. You know, sometimes I would even base my style or my personality or whatever off of my favorite pop artists. Sometimes it was what I saw in cool older kids in school. Sometimes it was me dressing a certain way or acting a certain way to get a guy to notice me. Look, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you the truth here. It was not like it was just clothing. I, I would change my behavior. I would change behavior that was not me. And oftentimes it would absolutely not be a reflection of Christ. And there were so many times that I did this that it changed who I was to fit in. Uh, because I wanted to be what others thought that I should be. That's compromise. There's nothing wrong with following trends, guys. Look, I love fashion. But when I try to emulate someone else who I think is cooler or better or more popular than me to act a certain way, dress a certain way, do things, speak a certain way to gain popularity, or be like, this is, this is compromising. This is saying who God made me to be is not good enough. Which in turn is basically saying that God made me imperfectly, which is a slap in the face to God and a slap in the face to the gospel. And I know that there are people right now listening who have compromised and become someone that they don't even know. God did not design you to be a copy of someone else. He designed you to be you. And I do also believe that there are people right now who have compromised so much that their entire lives seem to be headed in a direction that they were never called to, to go. But they feel like they're in it so deep now that they can't get out. There are probably also some of you listening who have changed everything about yourself and your life and everything does seem to be going really great, but deep down you don't even feel at home in your own skin. You sold everything about your identity to make it in life and now you're so deep in it. You've been here for years and yet you feel empty inside and you're struggling with things that you shouldn't be struggling with. Probably privately. Like depression and anxiety. There are people listening to this right now who have traded in not just their identities but their relationships. They've sold out to a different community, a different lifestyle, to chase after a dream, and all of a sudden, these people are are in a compromising community of, of people. Compromising community. Some of you are in compromising community. Compromising lifestyles. And you can't look at yourself in the mirror anymore. I may have just called you out, but here's the thing. I have been you, and I'm here to tell you that God has fully equipped you to get out of this mess. We're going to turn to the Word of God to prove it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Pause. 
Compromise is a scheme of the devil. Comparison is a scheme of the devil. Going on. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. I know most of you listening know this verse. You probably had to memorize it at church camp or in Sunday school, right? But let me tell you something. This is not some cheesy passage of scripture that you're just supposed to memorize as a kid. This is not some descriptive writing that we just read and say, yes, and amen to. This is prescriptive scripture. Do you know what that means? When you get a prescription, you take it, you fill it, you take it consistently according to the doctor's orders, and then you are healed from the crap that is in your body. This scripture is prescriptive in that if you equip yourself with that which is readily available to you, and by the way, freely given through the grace of Jesus Christ, you can be rid of all of the crap in your life and overcome the ways that compromise has destroyed your destiny. One of the best lessons that I've learned in life is to stand open-handed with everything before the Lord. To be prepared like Abraham and lay my Isaacs down on the altar in faith, knowing that God has something in store for me and that I just have to be willing to give it all to him so that I can be all that he wants me to be. You might need to do that. You might need to take a look at your life, present it to the Lord open-handed and say, Lord, I'm risking it all. Everything that I wanted, everything that I thought that I was, everything by presenting it to you and telling you to take that which is not what you want for me, knowing that you taking it is for my good and that what I'm going to get from you in return is everything I could have ever asked for and needed and wanted. So I'm going to speak some life to some of you right now and I want you to hear me because I believe that this could be a turning point from some of you if you will actually receive this today. The things about you that you don't that that you don't like, the the things that you keep trying to change to fit in, maybe the exact things about you that that God made you to be to set you apart, to make you rise above the rest. Let me give you a real example, okay? I live in a dual reality in my job. I teach commercial and classical singing. This is a dual reality and not something that many people do. And I go through this dilemma in my head regularly. I, 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 this is something that really until recently I battled with, just again, being vulnerable. So in my head, 
I'm thinking, well, the worship and commercial people are, are not really going to be able to take me seriously. The students are not going to be able to take me seriously because they're going to just think, well, I'm, I'm just this classical singer and I sing classical music, so I can't be a good commercial musician. Then I go through the opposite ordeal in my head where it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to be taken seriously by the classical teachers and students and musicians because they think that commercial singing is unhealthy. And if I do that, then I must be an unhealthy teacher. Do you hear this nonsense? I'm confessing to you the nonsense that the enemy has put in my head and that I have come into agreement with for a really long time. And those thoughts for a long time tempted me to compromise. One of these gifts that I have, that I use every day for the sake of making it or being taken seriously or looking good to man. But let me tell you, if I had actually given into that and compromised, I would have sacrificed something that was not only a part of who God made me to be, but also compromised the very thing that he has used in my life to set me apart and be successful in what he has called me to do. If I would have given into that, I would forfeit God's calling on my life. So stop trying to be someone else. Start being you. Start being the one God made you to be. It's good enough. You're good enough. In fact, it's the one way that you can walk in the very specific calling God has on your life by just being yourself. I think of the movie Runaway Bride where, and this is an old movie, Dating Myself, I know, but I used to love this movie. And I love this movie because of this concept that it taught. So the runaway bride, um, she she runs away from her wedding with Richard Gere. And that's that's obviously the actor's name, not the, the name of the character. I don't remember the name of the character. But she realizes that all of these years, she's compromised. She's molded herself every time into all of these men that she's been engaged to instead of being herself. And she spent so many years doing that and molding herself into other people that she no longer knew who she was. In other words, she had spent so many years compromising that she had lost herself. So she spends this time trying to find herself again before she commits to marrying another person. And in that process, she tries di different fit fitness regimes. She, she eats different types of eggs so that she could find her favorite egg and does all of these different types of things to just find out who she is. And at the end of the movie, she returns to her true love, of course, which is Richard Gere. And she returns as a confident person. She realized that through that process that who she was the unique person that she was created to be was of value and she could and she could confidently be with another person in a relationship knowing that other people saw that good in her richard gear saw who she was but she didn't see it in herself so she had to figure that out some of you need to do that with the lord I'm not saying that you need to break up with boyfriends or leave your husbands or relationships. Not at all what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that some of you have spent so much time compromising yourself that you need to get with the Lord and ask him to take you on a journey to find yourself again so that you cannot just get back on track with God's plan for your life, but so that you can look like Christ in every aspect of your life, which means, by the way, actually looking like what the Bible says to look like 
don't let the world fool you into thinking that you get just to, you can just make up your own version of what this looks like. It also is so you can see the value in the person that God uniquely created you to be. But you need to learn how to love yourself the way that God created you to be. The best investment of your time is being alone with the Lord and allowing him to minister to you and to show you who he wants you to be. So that's how I wanted to end this season of the Still Small Voice podcast. Don't compromise. Don't compare. This is one of the most important messages that needs to be get needs to be given to this generation of people. And we can't just say it's the young adults because it's honestly bleeding into adults of all ages. So don't compromise. Before I sign off, I do want to tell you about what else I am up to and unashamedly ask for your intercessory partnership. I need the discernment of the Lord for every aspect of my life at all times, but specifically I need the discernment of the Lord in this season for the things that are coming up because I know that my flesh can get in the way and I know the prayers of the saints availeth much. So this fall, on October 1st and 2nd, along with my friends at All People's Church, I'm hosting a young adult women's conference that's called Real. Many of the topics that I've addressed on this podcast are going to be discussed at this concept at this conference because I've realized that this age group of women, particularly ages 18 to 28, are being behind, are being left behind in their issues. And it's partially because I think it's possible that we are going about it as the church in the wrong way. We preach about identity, we preach about vulnerability, we preach about the love of God, all things that I've said, by the way, on this podcast, all of this stuff is great, wonderful, the right things to preach about, but without actually addressing some of these issues head on that are keeping young women from walking freely in those things, we can't get them to the point where they can actually receive those messages, right? So that's the practical piece that I believe that we're missing if you talk to a young woman about her identity, she can't fully walk in that or believe in that until she's able to address the issues in her life that are keeping her from receiving the love and believing in that identity for herself. Another example, the young woman who's dealing with por a pornography addiction needs to be able to confront the addiction, find the root of the addiction, and rid herself of the shame and condemnation, and then she can walk out that identity that we preach about so often. We see this process modeled for us in scripture, actually. The Israelites had to confront their sin, face the realities, prepare the sacrifice, enact the sacrifice, and then they could walk away free from that. Think about the actual salvation process, right? When you come to know Jesus, the sanctification process involves an acknowledgement of sin, the acknowledgement that Jesus died for us, died for that sin, and then turning away from that sin through practical steps, right, which are empowered through the Holy Spirit in order to walk in freedom. Anyway, because of my testimony and in obedience to the call that God has placed on my life, I really desire to be a part of the solution 
to this problem. We have to call things what they are and address them head on. That's why it's called real. We're getting real. This is the heart behind the conference. It's ran by all women in every aspect. We are creating the safest place possible for young women to come and be themselves, to be in a community that's uncompromising, to be edified, to be encouraged, and yes, get real. So we are going to talk about purity. We are going to talk about sex, body image, anxiety and depression and suicide. We're going to be opening up the floor for girls to literally ask any question they have and get answers. My friends and I are going to take some time over the next few months to really pray for the girls who are supposed to come who need this kind of community. We're praying for the girls who have been sexually assaulted to receive healing. We're praying for the girls who have been in shame or condemnation for one thing or another to come and receive healing. We're praying for girls who hate their bodies, who struggle with feeling self-worth and affection to come and receive healing. For the girls who are desperate for community, friendship, joy, abundant living to come and find what they're looking for. So that's really part of what I'm going to be doing as I take time off from the podcast. I'm going to focus on the spirit-led execution of this type of thing, of this conference. And I'm fully aware, like I said, that I'm human and my flesh can intervene and mess things up. So I really do covet your prayers, your encouragement, and your partnership with the Lord for the purposes that are surrounding this conference. Do not hesitate to contact me at any time. There's really no point in me doing this this podcast or doing this conference if I can't be available to you all. I obviously am a busy mom, a busy professor, a busy pastor, but please do not hesitate to contact me. I will get back to you. You can find me on Facebook. You can email me at samantha.miller at allpeopleschurch.us. You can find the event on Facebook if you feel led to share this event. It doesn't really matter where you're from. All are welcome. This is a free event because this is a ministry to the community and we don't want to be held, we don't want to hold anyone back from attending. I am honored to serve you. I am honored to be a vessel of the Lord even through a podcast. So until next season, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Still Small Voice podcast. And I pray for each of you confidence as you walk out your life in the spirit. Now hear my still small